The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 132 and 134 Lord, remember David and all his trouble. How he swore unto the Lord, and vowed a vow unto the Almighty God of Jacob. I will not come within the tabernacle of mine house, nor climb up into my bed. I will not suffer mine eyes to sleep, nor mine eyelids to slumber, neither the temples of my head to take their rest. Until I find out a place for the temple of the Lord, and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we have heard the same in Ephrathah, and found it in the wood. We will go into his tabernacle, and fall low on our knees before his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints sing with joyfulness. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. The Lord hath made a faithful oath unto David, and he shall not shrink from it. Of the fruit of thy body shall I set upon the throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their children also shall sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Zion to be in habitation for himself. He hath longed for her. This shall be my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have a delight therein. I will bless her victuals with increase, and I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will deck her priests with health, and her saints shall rejoice and sing. 
There shall I make the horn of David to flourish. I have ordained a lantern for mine anointed. As for his enemies, I shall clothe them with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Behold how praise the Lord, all ye saints of the Lord. Ye that by night stand in the house of the Lord, even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth give thee blessing out of Zion. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the book of First Maccabees. In those days, Mattathias, son of John, son of Simeon, a priest of the family of Jorib, moved from Jerusalem and settled in Modine, Modine. He had five sons, John surnamed Gadai, Simon called Thassi, Judas called Maccabeus, Eleazar called Averon, and Jonathan called Aphus. He saw the blasphemies being committed in Judah and Jerusalem and said, Alas, why was I born to see this? the ruin of my people, the ruin of the holy city, and to live where live there when it was given over to the enemy, the sanctuary given over to aliens. Her temple has become like a person without honor. Her glorious vessels have been carried into exile. Her infants have been killed in her streets, her youths by the sword of the foe. What nation has not inherited her palaces and has not seized her spoils? All her adornment has been taken away no longer free, she has become a slave. And see, our holy place, our beauty, and our glory have been laid waste. The Gentiles have profaned them. Why should we live any longer? Then Mattathias and his sons tore their clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned greatly. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 16th verse of the 16th chapter of the Book of Acts. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, 
They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, the protector of all that trust in thee, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us thy mercy, that thou, being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we finally lose not the things eternal. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Begin our lessons tonight in the Psalms. Psalm 132 and 134 both have as a common feature to them the image of the temple. Psalm 132 is an appeal 
to God to preserve the uh, preserve the kingship of the Davidic line of kings, uh, the line of kings after King David, um, the and appeals to that to to God on on the basis of David's great piety um, in in vowing a vow to God at the beginning of his being established in the city of Jerusalem, uh, not to rest until he had found out a place. Uh, for the the temple of God to to dwell, you know, he, he he comments rightfully that you know we are we have all you know come into this city and we are taking up our places of residence here, but the Lord is still living in a tent. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is still in a in the tabernacle tent, the tent of meeting, uh, and so you know becomes you know you know sees rightfully the need for the the house of God to sit at the center of what will become the city. Of the of the chosen people, um, and so um, it's on the basis of that piety that you know he sees the the real thing that establishes the city is um, that that is the, the 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 presence of God dwelling in the midst of it, and uh, and has great great concern for that. And uh, the psalmist sees the connection, the organic connection between that um, that the, that's the centrality of God's presence dwelling among them as the thing that upholds and secures the city. Um, and that becomes a recurring motif through all of the the king's literature um, that we're about to jump into in um, in our readings in our lectionary readings. So keep an eye out for that. Um, psalm 134 is a, is a is a short psalm. It's the last of what are called the the psalms of ascent, um, and that fixate on the uh, on the on temple worship. Um, and so it's one of my favorites because the image at the center of it is uh, the image of those who by night stand in the stand in the house of the Lord. Um, the liturgical cycle of each day um, ended at evening time. And so the business of the temple, the sort of the, the sacrificial work and the offerings um, that were the people made uh, to the temple were done by sundown. Um, and, and, so the, and, the, and so what was being referred to here is the kind of the people that are set about tending the fires and the lampstands um, all night long in preparation for the work of the day ahead. Um, and uh, in the aftermath of the work that had been done that day. And so what we get here in both of these things is a um, a love for the dwelling place of God, um, a, a love for its establishment and a love for its maintenance, its preservation um, in the quiet spaces of things where the public is long gone. And really it's just the, the kind of the quiet um, in-between times of the house of God where people uh, people's worship of God involves things like, you know, trimming papers and uh, making sure that the fire stays lit. So if we take that as a lens going into our lessons tonight, uh, we see in the, the lesson from Maccabees here, really the thing that provokes what will become the great liberation effort of Jerusalem and of all of Judah um, from the uh, tyrannical reign of Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, you have um, the house of um, the house of Mattathias, this priestly house, um, uh, having a zeal for the house of the Lord and whose primary concern is the desecration of it, that it has fallen into the hands of a pagan ruler who has desecrated it, uh, desecrated its altar of, uh, of burnt sacrifice. Um, and seeing how this has, has become, you know, is the first affront that has been followed by atrocities across the city um, and their great source of lament that will give way to their great uh, liberation effort is this zeal for the house of the Lord to purge it um, because and in that order to to restore the house of God and then to see because they see that as central to the restoration of the whole city um, before the rest of the atrocities can be confronted and dealt with. 
um, their zeal is for that, uh, the restoration of the worshiping life of, 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 of Judah. Um, and so that's where this is, the, the seedbed where this is going to begin. It's going to be a kind of purging of the temple. The zeal of the Lord will consume them um, and they'll begin this effort. Um, it's significant to note this as well as we go into um, as we go into uh, as we go into this part of Acts, Acts 16, Paul and Silas being in Philippi, um, they are in a decisively pagan realm at this point. They're in the they're sort of making their foray into Europe, into Macedonia now, Philippi being about as Roman a city as you can get outside of Rome. Uh, it would being a city that you that was dedicated that was dedicated to um, uh, the glory of Roman conquest in the in the, the establishment of the triumvirate era. Uh, and given to veterans of that war uh, who really made Rome the imperial majesty that it was under the Caesars. Um, and so everybody there is like super patriotic Roman. And so Paul and Silas come into the midst of that um, and they are they're going to be um, uh, they're they're going to be put to the test in this jail uh, as they're jailed uh, in the middle of the night. Um, uh, and so their their arrest um, is, is, you know, it, it comes as the as an early consequence of their mission work that that is the result of Paul receiving in a dream uh, the, you know, a uh, the call to go out there into this place and having been forbid by the Holy Spirit to preach anywhere else uh, before receiving this dream on his second missionary journey. Um, so what this has to do with this is that you, you we're going to see Paul and Silas sort of uh, they're they're going to be um, consumed with the zeal of establishing the place of the Lord and the and the and the in the proclaiming of the gospel and in the cultivation of these things, driving out the demons before them, um, and so that the gospel goes forth. And so we can look at their evangelization effort here as um, as as being sort of akin to the zeal of the Lord to restore the temple, except in Paul's revised understanding of of, of temple of what temple means anymore. Um, he sees that the gospel going forth and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit coming upon all those who come to faith, um, that being the establishment of the temple, which puts him in the line of the Maccabeans, which puts him in the line of David in the in the in the beginning with the with the finding of a house of the Lord. The desire not to rest until he had sought out the place of the Lord is the same thing driving Paul. So for us, it restores to us a kind of a sense that you know, being those who have the Holy Spirit uh, within us, um, to, to that, that it calls for a proper zeal to maintain the the, the sanctity of that place, that each of us being the, is as a kind of house of God, and we as a community are the dwelling place of the Lord, and that's worth protecting. So, a couple thoughts for tonight. As it is Wednesday, we'll turn now to our litany for the church and evangelization. We offer it this evening to the glory of God. We ask for God's blessing upon our, our efforts uh, to minister to those around us and to those uh, who are part of our community. We pray for God's blessing upon our, um, our evangelization. Let us pray. O God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth, have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, Redeemer of the world. Have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Ghost, Sanctifier of the faithful. Have mercy upon us. O Holy, Blessed, and Glorious Trinity, one God. Have mercy upon us. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to rule and govern thy Holy Church Universal in the right way. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. 
that it may please thee so to rule the hearts of thy servants, the President of the United States, the Governor of this state, and all in authority, that they may above all things seek thy honor and glory. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to illuminate all bishops, priests, and deacons with true knowledge and understanding of thy word, and that both by their preaching and living they may set it forth and show it accordingly. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to send forth laborers into thy harvest. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give to all thy people increase of grace to hear meekly thy word, and to receive it with pure affection, and to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. giving them patience unto their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give, forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endue us with the grace of thy Holy Spirit to amend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to have mercy on the faithful departed. Granting them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God. And that it may please thee to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us power through the Holy Spirit to be thy witnesses in word and deed in our home's work and leisure. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to convert hearts through our ministry and add continually to our number those who are being saved. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to bless our ministry of word and sacrament opening minds to understand the scriptures and making thyself known in the breaking of the bread. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to make us ready always to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that is within us. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to put it into our hearts to seek out and find thy lost sheep and to bring them back into thy fold. that it may please thee to fill us with such love for one another that all may perceive within our midst the presence of Christ and be drawn into his holy fellowship and service. We beseech thee to hear 